Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Tomorrow's going to be better than today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Grilling at the Green here in Portland. I am 860 and on the Golf News Network and KSEY in Texas and WEEU in Pennsylvania. I can't remember them all. Anyway, we like to thank them all for uh, carrying the show. And uh, this segment is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended, and also our folks over at Birdie Ball there in Colorado. Birdie Ball has been rated... Uh, well, first it was rated the number one training aid in years, the little, the actual birdie balls themselves. And then their, their putting greens got rated number one, uh, by my golf spy last year. So John Breaker and his family back there. Good for you. Well, we've got one of my good friends on here today, Tucker Booth. Tucker's a professional entertainer. He's a teacher. He's a writer. He's a rapper. He's uh, I like where he says it's a critical thinker, sports dork than me. Um, sparring partner but also he helped another friend of ours he worked with lisa cornwell on her new book uh troublemaker and lisa was on the show a couple of weeks ago and so i wanted to invite uh tucker on the show today to talk about the process of going through the book working with lisa and that but first of all welcome hey jeff nice to be back on the show nice to see you always a pleasure to spend some time with you bud yeah, it's all good. Tucker and I like have a mutual admiration society on Twitter and stuff, and it's all good, and I like it. So, well, Oregon cats got to stick together, man. You know, I was born in Portland. Yep, Eastmoreland represents. So, you know, I always love to get back together with my Oregon thieves. There you go. So, like I said, Lisa was on the show a couple weeks ago. Thanks to you, Lisa, and I became friends acquaintances what have you she's been on the show a couple times before and then we had her on for the book when you first talked to lisa about working with her on the book tell us about how that process went i mean lisa is a sharp sharp lady you're a sharp sharp guy and um we're gonna dig into the minutiae of the book in her in a minute but how did that go well, I know she probably mentioned the, the the tweet heard around the world, as I call it in the book, that she shot out right after she got out of her contract with Golf Channel. And granted, I knew who Lisa Cornwell was before the tweet, but you know, as you know, golf Twitter is not like normal Twitter where it's always controversial, hot take, shots fired kind of stuff coming right. out of Twitter. Usually it's pretty tame. If anything, it's people patting each other on the back more than they're spiting, right? Right. But she shot this tweet out, and it felt like fighting words. I mean, they were. She was saying, I'm finally not bound by my contract anymore, and I'm about to talk, and I'm about to tell about all this retaliatory, toxic workplace 
stuff that's been going on at Golf Channel. More to come. That was the hashtag, more to come. <laughs> and that excites people like me. And granted, we we didn't mention uh, I've got the podcast that you've been on, right? And mm -hmm. podcast rappers don't golf. So my first instinct was DM Lisa and invite her to come on the show and talk about it. And she right away got back to me, which is surprising because, you know, I've, I've approached lots of people to be on the podcast and, and I'm surprised how often people just big time me and don't even bother to respond. Right. But she not only responded, she said, sure, let's do a phone call uh, to talk about it before we do the pod. And when she calls me with, on this phone call, she goes, yeah, the podcast is fine. We'll get to that. But I got bigger fish to fry with you, Tucker. I want you to co-author my book. I did not see this one coming, Jeff. I, I bet not. Yeah. Not. Um, and she said that the reason why she picked me was she had read the profile I'd written about Michael Whalen, my, my buddy that was the original creator, senior executive producer at Golf Channel. And, uh, and if you haven't read that, listeners, viewers, it's called I Built a Masterpiece and Then I Fell Apart, the Michael J. Whalen story. It's online at thebipolarbattle.org. And it's, it's tough. It, it, was a, it took us a year. It's about a man who is a, a certified genius who not only created this great golf network, but then had a complete mental breakdown because of undiagnosed bipolar disease. Right. Battled suicidal tendencies, battled drugs and alcohol, uh, battled, battled, battled his way back to, to mental health. And she read this and said that as she was reading it, she got goosebumps and said, this is the guy I want to write my memoir. Uh, so uh, Michael Whalen, thank you, man. It was a, a tough slog getting through that with you, but you surely taught me how to do what Lisa needed me to help her do. So I, I owe a lot to Mike, but He's, yeah, that's kind of how it all started, man. And uh, you know, one thing led to the next and two years shot by very quickly. And here we are sitting talking 10 days out from this book dropping worldwide. So it's, it's pretty exciting to be all the way to the finish line with that. I know when uh, Lisa was on the show the first time and you know, off the air, she could tell me some stuff, but as far as content in the middle of the show, she was pretty careful about what she said. And then as we went further, you know, six, eight months later or whatever it was, she was really fired up and she still is really fired up. If, if you miss that on the show, then I, I can't help you folks. But the point is, is that she was really fired up and she was really fired up about working with you. Because uh, we didn't really touch on that on the first show Lisa was on. Uh, maybe you guys hadn't even had the phone call yet. I don't know. But um, she was just super intense about working with you. After reading the book, I can see why. Uh, you did an excellent job. And I'm not saying this because you're my buddy. I'm just saying you did an excellent job putting this book together. In that process, Tucker, how much did you guys spend a lot of time emailing or talking on the phone or both all of the above carrier pigeons? How did you th <laughs> this work out? Well, you know, it, it's, it's cool because I think uh, if you're someone that's ever dreamt of writing a book and I've had a lot of people come to me going, you're, you're doing what I've dreamt of my whole life. How did you do it? Especially with something like telling somebody else's story and I early on, I, I kind of already learned how to do this kind of give and take with Mike. It was uh, we would have phone calls that I would record. So I would just get her on a landline and, and turn on my voice recorder and record long 
conversations, kind of getting to know you conversations. Sure. And so initially it was a lot of phone, uh, some Zoom, but I, I feel like it's easier for me to focus when it's just the voice. Right. So it was just a lot of phone calls and I'd record, I have still, you know, hours and hours, probably over a hundred hours of phone calls with her. And then after we would get through a big chunk of stuff, I would say, now let me go listen to this, process this for as long as I need, which is usually about a week. And so I'd literally be driving around in my car, listening to our conversations and stuff. And after I kind of soaked it all in mentally, I would then go and sit down and write a first draft, kind of paraphrasing in her voice what we had discussed. Right. And I send that to Lisa, and then Lisa would add and subtract from that, add her own stuff, take out stuff that didn't work. And I kind of told her, this is going to be a fantastic uh, draft every time. This is me kind of fantasizing that I'm you based on what you've said. And so then she would reframe it in her own words and, you know, edit and whatnot. And we kind of ping pong back and forth doing that through the entire book. Now, granted, you said, were there emails? Sure. A lot of that was verification stuff, receipts, uh, conversations, email. Uh, and, And there were also a lot of discussions with other people, because again, when you're making the kind of claims that she is making in this book about the people that she's making it about at Golf Channel, you got to make sure that you've got proof. And that's the thing that she's so great at is she's a journalist. She's proven all this. She has people that can back up and verify everything we've claimed. Uh, She has literal emails and texts and so forth that prove things. So there was a lot of that vetting too. But I guess to answer your question, finally, it was a lot of just getting to know you conversations and we still do it. You know, we'll still call and talk to each other and catch up and whatnot. But she said early on, I think I've told you more about my personal life than even my own family knows about me. Uh, you've really you've really gotten to hear all the deepest, darkest stuff that I've yeah. dealt with. And I guess that's why I think this book has the kind of punch that it does, is that it's not just taking shots at other people. She really gets vulnerable with her own life, owns up to a lot of her weaknesses and stuff that that her demons and uh, and takes accountability for them. And I think that's what makes this argument that she makes so compelling is that it's well-rounded and it's not it's not all just sniping it at her um, rivals. Yeah, we're talking with Tucker Booth. Uh, Tucker's got a, a podcast that he does, Rappers Don't Golf. We're going to talk about that more. I've been on that show, as we mentioned. But right now, we have to take a break. We'll be back with Grilling at the Green and Tucker Booth right after this. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT, and today we're talking to my buddy Tucker Booth. He's the co-author of uh, Lisa Cornwell's book, Troublemaker. I was very pleased that Lisa made sure I got an advanced copy, read her and Tucker's work. Um, I I put in a tweet, and I don't know if you saw it. I think you did. Uh, Lisa definitely saw it. Uh, this is just my opinion, but I think this book should be used in the curriculum of certain, uh, sports management classes, business classes, uh, in HR, if you're going for a master's in, in that type of world, 
I really think because there's great stuff in here uh, that you're going to have a similar situation if you work in any of those industries. And I think that this book is a nice little precursor to life for you. Anyway, that's my thoughts, but uh, I recommend the book to everybody. So what was your biggest takeaway from doing the book, Tucker? I mean, here you are talking with Lisa. Lisa is a well-known TV personality. Uh, you just said in the previous segment, you know, you got down into the into the weeds on her personal life and stuff. And uh, and she does. And you guys put it in the book. But what was it, your biggest takeaway from this? I think it's the universality if that even is a word, I don't, I'm going to have to check my thesaurus there. How about <laughs> the universal connection that so many people I know have with her experiences in the workplace. And I don't just mean women or, or minorities who have gone through similar type of discriminatory, retaliatory behavior right. from, from the good old boys network, as we, we call them in the book, but also just anyone that's dealt with uh, working in a big company, you know, you just referenced it, the HR culture or, or lack thereof in most companies, how often people think HR is an ally when in essence, HR has been implemented in most companies in order to protect the company. Right. So, and people don't realize this, people go to HR thinking that, that they're, that they're the champion of the, of the little guy, if you will. And they're not. Um, you know, we did a lot of research and I, I didn't even know this when we started researching it, but the very first HR department was Ford Motor Company back in the early 1900s. And they put it in place in order to have spies in the company to help them uh, sort out uh, a potential unionization and strikes. So HR was initially a, a, an arm of the ownership yes. to try out unions in, in Ford Motor Company. I didn't know this, um, but yes, when I would tell people I was writing this book and they'd say, what's what's it about? And I kind of give them some of the details. Everybody has a story about retaliatory bosses feeling like there's cliques and clubs, the untouchables, like we call them, the people that that are kind of the, the bosses, yeah. buddies that get away with all this unseemly behavior that the rest of us could not. And 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 also that that fear of speaking up for anything uh, that matters because you're afraid you're either going to lose your job or, or even worse, get blackballed from the industry by these very people that are doing the stuff that needs to be addressed. And I know that that goes so much deeper than just golf channel or television, or I mean, this is yeah. general people have these problems. And so I, I hope people see that in the book because I think the, the, the knee jerk critics, the, the haters, if you will, they're all saying that this is just a book about women's live and and you know victim rhetoric and whatnot. I I really feel like this isn't just about women. I mean, it surely is about women's rights, and it is about gay rights, and it's about minorities' yeah. rights. But it's also about workers' rights, and that includes guys. I think everybody is kind of under the umbrella. So that's kind of my biggest takeaway was how often family, friends, my mom, my wife. Uh, all these folks have had these same kind of situations happen to them and not just the women, um, the the men as well. Everybody kind of went, yeah, I totally understand that. Somebody's needed to talk about this for a long time. I'm shocked that this already hasn't been addressed more loudly before. 
I'll, I'll tell you a quick story, Tucker. Uh, when I went to work for a large media company, this was a number of years ago, and I had a, a really good friend that worked there. He's retired now, but and he was showing me around. It was the whole floor of this building in downtown Portland, gorgeous, you know, the whole thing. And we kind of are going, the studios were around the periphery and all the worker bees are in the middle and the suits are one floor up, right? And they've got their own private stairwell down to come down and harangue people. That's a different story. But we get to the last corner and he goes, and you want to stay away from here. And I said, why? He goes, this is the HR department. He goes, you will, you will never get any satisfaction out of this AR, HR department. Well, be, being an independent like I had for years, I was the HR department, you know. But this was my first trek into a really major, major media company. And he That's, was he was right. He was right. Yeah, and, and I, I mentioned my wife a minute ago, but I'll, I'll bring her up again because Charlotte – has a master's degree in organizational development coaching. And she used to work for Mattel uh, Toys mm -hmm. in El Segundo. And she worked in the HR department, but she wasn't the hiring and firing side of HR. She was the coaching side. So she was teaching classes to anyone from upper management to entry level positions, uh, making them more effective at communicating problem solving, conflict resolution. My wife literally has a master's in conflict resolution. <laughs> that's a that's a good wife to be married to. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And, and a tough one to argue with. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but she was such a valuable resource through this because she has a master's degree in solving these problems that people like Lisa have been dealing with. And yeah, time and again, when I was trying to make sense of all of the stuff that I was learning with Lisa, I would go to her and say, is this typical? Is what Golf Channel did with Lisa standard operating procedure for most companies? You know, in, in your position as a coach, how what would you what would you say to this? And time and again, Jeff, she said, This is unprecedented the way that they that they behave there. It's yeah. in and it would never fly uh, on any level anywhere. And she's shocked that it's still allowed to go on, uh, especially the fact that the two heads of the company right now, essentially, or the two, the two up the, the top of the totem pole are husband and wife. Yep. That's just, un that's unheard of. Yep. And it that's straight from that's straight from the horse's mouth there. So. Yes. Uh, we're talking with my buddy Tucker Booth from Rappers Don't Golf. Uh, Tucker does tons of things, and he's the co-author of Lisa Cornwell's Troublemaker. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back with Tucker, and we're going to talk about BC right after this. Do you know who was named the best putting mat in 2022 by my golf spy? It was the mats from Birdie Ball. It'll help you sink more putts and make more birdies with a Birdie Ball putting green all in the comfort of your own home. Check out Birdie Ball online at birdieball.com. Birdie Ball is here to make golf more fun and accessible. Find out more at birdieball.com. Welcome back to Grilling It's Green. I'm JT. Today we're talking with Tucker Booth from Rappers Don't Golf, and Tucker's the co-author of 
troublemaker uh lisa cornwell's book again we would like to thank the folks at painted hills natural beef beef the way nature intended also you can find us uh we, you know, we've got websites. We're on the all the social media platforms. Too many to list here. Uh, we're also part of the Golf News Network, twenty four seven radio shows on iHeart now. Uh, I think this show airs on Sunday about noon. Anyway, we are there. You can find us. But we're like I said, we're talking with Tucker Booth. One of the things that people are really gonna look for when this booth when this book drops, Tucker, is the Brandle Chambly stuff. I mean, you can't help it. You just, a guy like Chambly, people love him or hate him. Uh, I have to be kind of neutral on this show, but I think he's a bloviating windbag at times. I'll put it that <laughs> And you said last week, you said, I, I think it was last week, you you got blocked by Chambly. And I, I wrote back to you and said, where does a badge of honor, bud? So, <laughs> so but that's why a lot of people are going to want to find out about in Lisa's dealings. I mean, they're going to be interested in all, you know, her personal dilemmas and the dealing with golf channel, but they're going to want to find out some, some stuff, if you will, I'm being nice in my adjectives there about Chambly. Were you surprised about what Lisa told you about Brandel Chambly at all? No, uh, <laughs> I, I've heard a lot of, stuff about Brandel and you know besides just being everybody's uh, favorite underground rock star dad people love to spill the beans to me I swear I would have been a good private detective or something because <laughs> you people love to tell me all the dirt about stuff and so I'd heard a lot about Brandel from a lot of people that are higher up in golf channel and 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 I knew he had made a lot of enemies and I knew that that his reputation was not great with many people, not just the casual observers that don't like the way that he you know makes controversial takes on things or right. the way he communicates on television. But I mean, I'd heard from people that worked with him that that his reputation there is not great. And as Lisa affirms in the book, he's one of those untouchables that I referenced earlier that has a close relationship with Molly Solomon and Jeff Russell, who are the two top dogs there. And they're surely keeping him safe because of that friendship and alliance. So no, I'm not shocked. Um, granted it's, it's, it's never, uh, it's never amusing to hear the kind of awful stuff that she shared with me. Uh, and that, that I also heard verified by numerous other people. Sure. But I, I let me take a step back for a second when i first told lisa i was willing to do this i said before i can sign off on this though lisa i have to go do my due diligence as a journalist and that means i'm gonna have to call around and dig dirt on you too because you're making big claims i'm putting my name on this book i'm obviously opening myself up to potential lawsuits and this and that i gotta make sure that you're on the level and she said try me and I said, okay. <laughs> I, I can hear her saying that too. <laughs> she said, I got nothing to hide. Try me. So I, I, I said, okay. And I started calling everybody I knew that knew her. And I said, you know, just very plainly, tell me about Lisa. And 99% of the people I spoke to said, true blue, straight shooter, really smart, uh, you know, go getter, um, 
but they also they also clearly said uh doesn't take a lot of guff speaks her mind and tough tough lady that's yeah. what they said then i flipped it and i said tell me about brandel <laughs> they're like holy narcissist sociopath this was the kind of stuff they were saying the only people that said things about lisa that that varied from she's a great lady and she obviously got done dirty by this situation were the very people in the book we write about that are not her allies uh the rivals and and there aren't many of them but the few rivals they they did get to me and i wrote about it in the book and tried to tried to salt the earth around her yeah but when i started digging on the rivals everybody again confirmed that those people had zero social credibility lisa on the other hand had a ton so i guess that's i, I took a sidestep on the brandle question but i'll just say as far as getting blocked by brandle we were shocked it took so long jeff I mean, <laughs> he my book for two years and it took till like last week before he blocked me uh, i'm i don't take a lot of shots at him online but i did put up a, a tweet promoting the book under a, a thread that said who's the most annoying commentator in sports and there was a picture of Stephen a smith and then one of brandle and i said not naming any names but at least it devotes a whole chapter to one golf channel bloviator in the book and I, that's probably the kill shot right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh i think it's funny you know i had a guy on the show a couple of years ago now and so yeah and he and i had gone to the same college not at the same time but we'd gone to the same college and so we got he was interview was going fine and then it came to Brandle. Now I have never met Brandle. I I just look at him, uh, you know, on Golf Central or whatever, and I just kind of take everything he says with a grain of salt. Um, but I do that with most people on television anymore, you know. But anyway, the guy I was talking to, and all of a sudden he goes, "Yeah, Brandle's a great guy." He's blah 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 blah. But he just went on rambling on about him. Okay, that's fine. That's your your opinion, you know, like that. And then I did a little due diligence on my guest after the show and found out that their personalities are quite similar and quite the same. So I could see where they would be in a, you know, mutual admiration society. Uh, and that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but I'll just I'll just leave it at that, but it was really well interesting. You know, I, I get that when you're kind of the, the, the prized pupil of their stable over there, right? He's sure. the, main, the main analyst, lead analyst. When you've got that kind of status, I can see how that absolute power corrupts absolutely. I get it. He really does have the ability to get people hired and fired there. And that's unique. Most people, even that are higher ranking folks there, don't. You know, maybe maybe if they make a recommendation, it's got a little bit of pull, but it's not like right. that person needs to go and they're already making plans to get rid of them. And Brandel has that kind of power and Brandel had that kind of influence over those folks there as, as far as Lisa Cornwell goes and and verified that verbally to people that this was a plot. This was a conspiracy to get her let go and not make it look like they did it. Because again, when she has flawless performance reports, when 99% of the people she works with know that she's a great person, they got to find some way to make it look like, like they didn't pull this heist. Right. And so it's convenient and granted, please read the book. It's, we go into far more detail, but when they made those massive layoffs, 
uh, at Golf Channel and, and moved the whole operation from from Orlando to Stamford, Connecticut. That was a convenient time because they can say budget cuts. And I think they played the long game with her. They were ready to get rid of her years before, but they knew they couldn't. And so they played the long game and they said it was budget cuts. But then unfortunately, and I'll, I'll let you read the book to find all this out, then they couldn't help themselves and they still tried to slander her in the process. And that's when things really went sideways for them with this with this false narrative of, of her being let go simply for budget. You know, you, you were talking about uh, Mike Whalen. He's going to be on the show in a couple of weeks. And he put a tweet out last week or something. He goes, I hate that budget cuts BS. And he just he just railed against it. He goes, that's not what happened. Uh, yeah. and he was referring to Lisa's situation and that, so that's going to be interesting to talk to him about, about golf channel and, and all that. Um, it's, it does kind of make me smile and, and we're get we got to, we're going to run out of time here in a minute, Tucker, and then we got to come back from a break. But did you ever think when you were writing this with Lisa that you went, what am I doing? slap your forehead and go, what the hell's going on with me? Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if I ever really had that moment. I I'm always excited to take on a, a challenge. And, you know, one of the thousand things I've done in life, as you know, is I've been a, a freestyle rap battle champion, right? <laughs> the goofiest Nicholas cage looking guy to ever win <laughs> rap battles, but I've done it. And I, I always love a good battle. And I, I especially love a good battle when it's somebody tougher than me and and the institutions and maybe it's kind of that anti disestablishmentarianist in me or something. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I haven't heard that in a long battle. time. Uh, I love punching up instead of down. And yeah. So I was never afraid to battle Golf Channel. There you go. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back with Tucker Booth, co-author with uh, Lisa Cornwell on Troublemaker, and a rapper. Maybe we'll get him to rap for us. We'll be right back. <laughs> Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green on uh, Golf News Net, iHeartRadio 24-7, and uh, an sundry amount of uh, radio stations around the country and all the podcast platforms and all that. Before we get back to Tucker, here's uh, a quick golf tip, if you will, from our buddy Bruce Furman. Hi, this is Bruce Furman. I'm the director of instruction out at Langdon Farms, and uh, I'm going to talk to you a little tip about a pre-shot routine. In golf, the ball is still, no one's hitting it at you or throwing it at you. So you got to develop a routine. Golf's a little bit like serving a tennis ball or, or shooting a free throw. You have to have a routine. So first thing you do is get behind your ball, visualize your shot, take, in, take into account the lie, the wind, and so forth. And then that's the time to get a little whatever swing thoughts you're going to use. And then you, you take a little practice swing, feel that swing. And then you go ahead and step into the batter's box, or in this case, the golfer's box. Come in with your right foot, set your club down. Once your club down is, is down behind the ball and aim, and aim the face, then you step into it. And it, then you jostle your feet or jockey your feet back and forth and waggle your club. You want to waggle it in a, in a clockwise uh, attitude. And as you're waggling and jockeying your feet, you want to look at the target. So it's better to stare at the target and glance at the ball rather than stare at the ball. So 
once you've stepped into it with your feet, the ball should be gone within four seconds. You don't want to stand there over the ball. If you've got too many swing thoughts, you're going to struggle. So step into it, waggle, look at the target, and pull the trigger. If you do that, you're going to be a lot more consistent. Thank you, Bruce. We appreciate that. You can find out more about Bruce Furman and his uh He's the director of golf at Langdon Farms. And if you want, if you live in the area or you're coming into the area and you want to get some time with Bruce, you can do that just by going to langdonfarms.com, click on instruction, and you can follow the rest. So, Tucker, you want to wrap for us for a second? Let's see. All right. It's been a minute, but y'all know what I mean. Tucker Booth dropped the freestyle bars and I'm grilling on the green. <laughs> you can't stop me. You can't trace me because I'm always out here. Hitting holes in one with Jeff Tracy. There you go. There you go. That's <laughs> it. Yay. You get a free golf clap for that. What What do you think? <laughs> and Tucker's going to stick around for after hours, too. We might wrap some more there. Um, what do you think people's biggest, not you and not Lisa, because you wrote the book, and Lisa lived it and helped write it. But what do you think the average person that watches golf channel or is interested in golf is going to come away with is it going to be yeah 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 you know toughen up their little girl or is it going to be yeah this is what i assumed shambly was like on the other side of the camera or you know there's a million different variables but what do you think people's biggest takeaway should be per i should say from the book what, what comes to me right away is somebody that read a pre-copy that, that I sent it to. And shout out to Dwight Hansen, a PGA guy out there. Dwight said, first of all, when he called, he said, I was really concerned based on Lisa's kind of outspoken liberal politics. And, of course, Hillary Rodham Clinton writes the foreword for the book. Right. And he said, I'm conservative. I, I was assuming that this was just going to be liberal rhetoric. And, and that it would turn me off. And he said, but it not only didn't, it humanized the Clintons to me, because Lisa writes about Bill Clinton being her cousin and having that unique insight into the Clinton administration. He said it humanized the Clintons to me for the first time uh, in years where I didn't feel like they were just the enemy. He said, but it also rung so true because this wasn't just about women's rights. Like I said earlier, Jeff, this is about how businesses are run in, in, inappropriately and, and how it affects everyone, including me. Sure. And so I, I, I hope that that's kind of what, what comes of this is that the average reader will go, it looks like it's this tough talking women's rights book. And on some levels it is, but we make a real conscientious effort to broaden the scope. And I have to say politically, cause I, I know there's in the show about politics, but I, I drive everybody crazy because I won't choose a side. I never have. I never will. And I truly believe if I have any political ideology at all, that it's it's kind of this compromise politics that it, I don't feel we do a good enough job of doing in this country or in the world. And and I'm not attracted to most of the political discourse that goes on. Right. Lisa does a really fair and balanced job. And I know those are words that get beat up a lot, but she yep. does fair and balanced job of weighing her political beliefs and others. Uh, she was very sensitive about how we differ on, on things and was still uh, able to, to treat me and my views with respect. Uh, so I hope that the readers get that out of it too, is that this is not some far left leaning probe. This is, this is for everyone. And Lisa is a really well-rounded thinker. 
that uh, definitely takes the other side into account. Yes, she does. And so do you. Um, Tucker Booth, co-author, book Troublemaker. It drops on the 23rd, I think. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Folks, we'll be back next week. uh, If you're listening to the radio portion of this show uh, with Grilling at the Green and After Hours is coming up. So uh, go out there, play some golf, and as we always say at the end of the show, be kind. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved.